Hey guys, Spacey here with a quick after-the-fact correction about this bonus episode of Filmmaking Actually. Cora and I make mention of our friend and collaborator, Ryan Coda, who has worked as a dialogue and ADR editor for many of our Space Dream Productions films, but Ryan has also done great work on recent Star Wars projects, like The Book of Boba Fett and the subject of our reaction, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ryan reached out to Cora to clarify the Obi-Wan episode that we reviewed, the sixth and final one, featured sound work not by Ryan Coda, but by fellow dialogue editor Angela Eng. Ryan worked on episodes one, three, and five, Angela worked on episodes 2, 4, and 6. And if you go on the Internet Movie Database website, you'll find the credits there say something else entirely. With both some research on the subject and drawing from personal experience, we have seen this issue of miscrediting frequently occurring on IMDb. To paraphrase Elvis Costello, despite the best of intentions, accidents will happen. So we felt it incumbent to fix our mistake while offering a little teaching moment. The lesson is... Don't believe everything you read on the interwebs just because it's there. Taking things at face value is easy, but maybe there's a reason why it's so easy. So investigate, interrogate, and dig deep to find the answers. And earn them. And make them your own. So we thank Ryan for his illuminating input. We want to shout out Angela for the great work she did in the episode that we watched. So with that, here's the episode, Star Wars and all. Enjoy. Welcome to my podcast, Filmmaking, Actually. Ta-da! <laughs> you ruined the surprise. Oh. Um, well, I guess your name's on the podcast title. Um, so today I am joined by a very special guest, the man of mystery himself, my wonderful husband, <laughs> Mr. Spaceship. Oh, who could this? Oh, it's me. <laughs> I was wondering. I was. You had me going for a second. I was like, wonderful husband. I'm like, that can't be me. Oh, you know it's you. <laughs> anyway, what's up? Um, so uh, this whole operation was your idea. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. We are going to be doing something a little different. Those are Star Wars references. <laughs> Those are Star Wars references. So this is the episode you're looking for. Um, we uh, are going to do something a little different. I tend to not do like reaction videos or like critique other people's work because that's kind of not my thing specifically as a filmmaker, but there's a big buzz going around a certain Disney Plus show right now. Um, and I, I believe you're referring to Ubi Dooby Shooby Kanoobi. <laughs> the one and only. He has the silliest name in the galaxy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference to Thumb Wars from over 20 years ago, but then so many Star Wars things are from over 20 years ago, except for this show, which is happening right now. Uh, in 2022. Yes, and you had the uh, potentially bright idea. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. We're going to react. We're going to go over what we think of the series so far. Then we're going to stop the episode. We're going to watch uh, the final episode in the season. And then we will come back with our comments. Yeah? Yeah, I just figured that we could uh, 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 begin with maybe a synopsis of what the series is about. Maybe? Because I, I have it right here and I can tell you. Ooh, um, we should say spoilers ahead. Please do not continue. Ready? <clears throat> wah, wah, wah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please turn off this episode. Go watch 
the Obi-Wan series and it, then come back. So the premise of the show, according to Wikipedia, is 10 years after the events of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, in which the Jedi were destroyed by Order 66 and Obi-Wan Kenobi's apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, became the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Kenobi is hiding on the planet Tatooine, watching over Anakin's son, Luke, when he is called on a mission to rescue Anakin's daughter, Leia, after she is kidnapped by the Galactic Empire's Jedi hunting inquisitors in a plot to draw Kenobi out. This leads to a confrontation between Kenobi and Vader. I don't know. I'm just basically, I have, uh, I just got excited and I wanted to record this with my wife and, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna pause shortly after this and when we come back, uh, some time will have elapsed, approximately 52 minutes, but you won't know because it'll be like two seconds. So. It's like being in different universes at the same time. Yeah, but the same universe. So, um, (laughs) do you have any thoughts going into it or just that you just want to get into it and then go from there? Oh, you know me. I like to go into things with a low expectation because that way I get to be presently surprised. Um, yeah. I will say that I know there's been a lot of like kind of internet shenanigans. I will say, um, as a, I don't know, I guess disclaimer, one of our friends works in the audio department um, of the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, obviously we have a loyalty to him and his amazing work, but I think that is because he does amazing work. His name is Ryan Coda. Yes, it is. Hi, Ryan. He does great work. And we know this personally because he's done... Several of um, our films. Yeah. Names on the Wall. Mm-hmm. Be sure to go go to <laughs> Amazon.com slash names. No, it does. that's not the actual website. But go to Amazon Prime Video and type in Names on the Wall, and you can hear Ryan's work. And he also worked on Book of Boba Fett. So we're excited to... I mean, they can also hear his work if they watch Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that so far the episodes have been fun and entertaining, I definitely was curious about some of the casting choices, but as the episodes progressed and I saw some kind of variety in the performance, it makes me more question, because I am a filmmaker, I always wonder about the directing choices that were made and the direction that was given to the actors, but also the editing, because you can totally change an actor's performance by Mm. the way it gets edited. True. And I definitely noticed in some of the later episodes, um, actors that maybe I wasn't super impressed with, kind of, I realized why they got cast, because they're incredibly talented, very strong actors. And yeah, I'm excited to watch the last episode. How about you? Same to all of that. It's funny because people are trying to compare it to the films or other things like that. And I just think people need to take a thing on its own merits. But then again, it is Star Wars. (laughs) So people are going to have opinions and that's okay, but I mean, we're here with opinions. Well, yeah, but I think it's generally been great so far and I just hope it ends uh, even greater to make the the whole thing good words. Gooder. Gooder. (laughs) (laughs) More gooder. Um, Yeah. With that, I guess we'll see you soon. We're going to bounce off of here and bounce right back. Boingy, 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 that, boingy. <laughs> that's an Animaniacs reference. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong, wrong franchise. <laughs> potsy, potsy, potsy. <laughs> <laughs> so take take a bathroom break if you need to. We're professionals. We are, uh, and we'll see you in a bit. Okay, bye. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not bye. All right, we'll see you in a minute. Okay. Okay.
And we're back. The Empire Strikes. I mean, we're back. <laughs> Return of the... Return of the us. The podcast. <laughs> What'd you think about that, Cora? Well, that was pretty, pretty good. I ding, ding, dong. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. I can't believe movies, you know, check the body. You gotta check the body. <laughs> but so the movie can happen. That's why we... I mean, you should get all the way off my back about that. That's a reference to <laughs> pitch meetings and Ryan George, of course. Yes, and, uh, screen rant. And, uh, hey, shut up, and then you just move on to the next <laughs> thing. Um, so I forgot about one thing when I mentioned the thing about the editing earlier. There is currently a big old backlog in the editing world um, of uh, major post-production house pipelines. Um, there's currently far more post-production work than there is uh, post-production people trained on the types of software that gets used at that level to do it. Hmm. So um, uh, some of the, when I mentioned like it could be an editing choice, I should also contextualize that the fact that this show is even being made at all and getting through, obviously Disney has its own pipeline and has its own people and all that, but they also have a ton of content that they're currently putting out. And anyone doing anything heavily, especially heavily VFX laden right now, there is a massive dearth of uh, resources to do that work currently. Dearth verder. <laughs> oh my gosh. So if you are a post-production person who is trained in software like Nuke, there's lots of work for you right now. And if you are a producer trying to get something through that pipeline, you may end up with a couple corners cut because people are rushing and trying to get stuff done. So I think that's important to keep in mind. I could be totally wrong, but that's my complete speculation. I hate people who do these like response things and they speak with this air of authority like they know. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I think it's important to contextualize opinions as such. So here I am. But that said... Um, I thought there was a lot of moments of it that were really spectacular. Huge, massive shout out to Ryan for the dialogue mixing. That whole Darth Vader, Anakin voice uh, overlapping. Absolutely epic. I love when filmmakers use more tools than just camera placement, lens flare. Obviously, the production design is going to be over the top at Star Wars. But when there's elements like sound, the way vocal distortions are mixed in and music and all of those pieces combine to tell the story it just made that scene so much more powerful so that that was pretty awesome and overall yeah i thought it was really really satisfying to watch and i will also add that i know there's like all this internet hate for the first three episodes of star wars but um oh you mean the prequels the prequels the prequel yeah films i don't like sand um those ones <laughs> um, because people want their bad guys to be bad you know like they want villains and i feel like this episode like people ask questions like how could darth vader stand right in front of leia and not realize that she's his daughter like have you met anakin He's so convolutedly caught in his own head, he's not going to notice anything. I feel like some of the things that people hate about the prequels or about Darth Vader's story or whatever, even about this show, is just the authenticity of humanity. And I could go on and on and on and on and on about that. But seeing, you know, Ben's reaction and how he kind of came back as Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of really acknowledging that he's not Anakin anymore. He is Darth Vader. He has killed that piece of him. And even like Reva's whole arc and the fact that she was going to kill Luke because she realizes that he's Darth Vader's son and she's trying to get back at Anakin for killing the younglings. Like 
Anger, I, I never understand why people expect angry people to be logical. Anger messes you up. Like it removes logic from your brain. And when you're angry, when you're hurt, when you're lashing out like that, you don't do things logically. That's just not how people work mentally. So I feel like the authenticity of this was pretty accurate. It felt very human. I appreciated the story choices and I'm talking a lot now. So what do you think? <laughs> well, I was just going to mention this um, real quick as a bit of a preamble. We got married in 2015. Oh, yeah. And what that uh, heralded in, you know, by virtue of us, of us getting married, then Disney decided to start putting out <laughs> Star Wars films and, and TV shows every year. Uh, since we've been married. So, Thanks, Disney. So we were married in May of 2015. And then in December, we had, of course, Force Awakens. And then the next year, we had Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And then the next year, we had The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian, you know, season one, and so on and so forth. Everything, like, obviously, it's connected to us and our our presence made it happen. Yeah, of course, just like <laughs> just like the number of swimming pool deaths in Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, the correlation is is linked to the causation. <laughs> Absolutely, we got married and Disney made Star Wars but movies what just I, for us. <laughs> but what I mean is, it's nice to share Star Wars with a friend or family member and just have a joyful experience or not bring your own um, expectations to it. And I think that's, we even started off with that. I think, Cor, you mentioned, you said that you didn't want to have expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think people who do... I mean, also not to be whatever, but it's literally a TV show. It's like yeah, at the end of the day. It's not some, I, yeah, and I, I will say I have strong opinions about some films and television shows and cars. And, well, it's the worst <laughs> Pixar movie ever made, but that's that's for another. I don't know if it's the, the, the yeah, it's the worst. Oh my God. But I have I have very specific reasons as to why I feel that way, not related to Star Wars. I just think there's room in the Star Wars universe for all types of fans. If you like comic books, you can read those. If you like TV shows that are aimed at kids but also appeal to adults, you can watch The Clone Wars and, and Rebels and all of that. And um, so if you don't like something, you can quickly speak your piece and get out of Dodge and just go find something else you do like. So I'm just here to say I liked pretty much all of it. I liked it. I, li I liked it. Uh, um, I, I just want to say this real quick. Um, I <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to say quick. this. <laughs> it was so quick you didn't hear it. I, I honestly have had some problems with Obi-Wan as a character and the prequels. I, I, I was 14 years old when I saw uh, Phantom Menace. And they killed off two of my favorite characters, which were Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. And, uh, you know, and then I didn't even watch episodes two and three until years later. And I had issues with them in terms of, uh, from the technical standpoint, the, and some of the acting was a little over the top and the writing was a little, you know, but See, now I loved, well, that's the thing. Loved, loved the I, first. And I think I've come to appreciate them through another person's point of view. Like I watched them with core, like we, geared up and rewatch the film anytime we were seeing a new star wars film or a piece of content you know we would bone up on the on the previous entries and it gave me a new appreciation for it but i was always sort of tripping up over these the technical limitations and things i didn't like and things i got hung up on and you know at the end of the day uh core's right it's just it's just movies it's just tv it's just a show and if you don't like it 
uh, save your breath. Go find something you do like and talk about that. And, and I, but I'm saying all that to say, I say all that to say that this series gave me a whole new appreciation for um, Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor in these uh, roles. And, and obviously they brought back the actors who played uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru and Joel Edger- Edgerton Egerton. I forget how it's pronounced and Bonnie peace. And I'm, and it's cool. And also they, and Jimmy Smith's as, um, uh, dude who's dad. Oh yeah. Well, Liam Neeson, obviously. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the dad, the Organa guy, Bale Organa, who is the adopted father of, um, princess leia princess leia yeah whatever her name is and the actress who plays her i forget her name off the top of my head as well as many other but she was her first role apparently really Mm -hmm. i think she did a great job i mean oh sorry i just want to throw something out really quickly there's some times where like maybe it wasn't the sharpest performance but literally if you just cut it different like if you just tightened it up it would look like a stronger performance so i know from working with kids it's hard to work with kids on set and it's hard to get like that performance absolutely perfect and sometimes you need to cut around i mean we've done it before where we've taken performances and changed the entire performance in post when we redid an edit and that's not true just for kids but for adults yeah. too. <laughs> yeah 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 so um, i mean um, you took that one film where it was like i mean even the cinematography what like, film was that i'm not going to mention it in this oh, podcast there was a film yeah I there see. was a film where we um the footage that we got was so it was a mess and um we like recropped it and restructured all the frame like we basically redid it in post which is possible and it got nominated for best cinematography <laughs> um but it was because oh, of the okay. edit yeah you know now exactly what i'm talking about um so uh, i don't want to badmouth that dp so that's why i'm not saying anything but anyway what i'm trying to say is that there's a lot to be said for the way something is edited and i think that some of in in my opinion, the reason this doesn't feel as strong or as powerful as another Star Wars type film or whatever, I feel like the editing was a little bit sloppy. And okay. that's my opinion. I feel like there's places that could have been tighter, that could have been more powerful. There's also a couple places where I wondered about the directorial choice. And I don't know if that was the studio standing next to the director and going, do this, do that, do this, do that. I don't know if that was the actors doing stuff and then the editors took that take and the director is a series director for Disney plus and isn't with full creative control. And I don't know if it was a directorial choice, but there's definitely moments that I think I wouldn't say that person's a bad actor or that's a bad editor or that's a bad, I wouldn't say that's a bad anything because honestly I wasn't there. I have no idea. I have no idea why they picked the shots they picked, why they cut it the way they cut it. I have no, I know nothing. I am Jon Snow in this situation, but I do know that, the heart was there. The story was there. The way it was written, except for just oh my gosh, go back and check the body. Sheesh. Um, that so the movie thing. can happen. So the movie can happen. Um, that unless you're intentionally making it where okay, I'm not killing you. I'm going to walk away with you being injured, and I'm going to leave you here to die. And whatever happens, happens. Whatever. But otherwise, I think the arc of Darth Vader and Anakin was very authentic. I think mm-hmm. that. The arc of Obi-Wan was really authentic. That was longer than I was going to say. I really just wanted to say that editing thing. So go on. You were saying, sorry. Oh, I don't know what I was saying. I just, I just, uh, I, I will, I'm. Leia. Articulate. You were talking about the different actors and how good they were. Oh, I just, um, 
Yeah, I think what I was trying to get to was uh, my impression of the the prequels and even even Obi-Wan as a character. I just felt like he was just sort of this tangential, very influential, but not not pivotal in any way. And even and then, but obviously in the prequels, he's pivotal, but it just seemed like uh, I just I, mm, I don't know. I th- These are just hot takes from me. I just felt like so many different things like from a technical standpoint and acting standpoint and the acting when i say when i'm criticizing acting it could be the way it's written and the way it's directed and the way it's filmed the way it's edited. oh definitely the way it's filmed because those prequels were filmed largely especially episodes two and three were you know against green screen and blue screen and and if you're not are you talking about episodes as in star wars episodes not episodes I'm refer- two and when three I, of obi-wan correct i'm referring <laughs> to the films when i say episodes two and three um attack of the clones and uh, revenge of the sith um when you don't have an environment that reflects the actual space you're in it it, it can mess with your head i imagine and the performances can be stilted and so many films that come out where they're largely filmed on uh, green screen and blue screen and all this and it's composited later. This is about Obi-Wan. Yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> is now that they f- they have developed the volume, you know, which they introduced with The Mandalorian, and now they're implementing it in big film productions like The Batman. You know, they use the... Uh, it's a way of basically having a video game engine that built that's in real time can move and with a camera and this sense of space and the actors can focus on performing the role rather than imagining where they are, what they're doing, what they happen to be, what's in front of them and who they're talking to. And maybe they're talking to a tennis ball on a stick, hmm. you know, and that's the care. And it's just, I feel like with this Obi-Wan Kenobi series, they've managed to bypass a lot of those issues and they're just allowed to act. And for me watching it, it doesn't feel like I don't feel taken out of it really at all. And some, some people might say, well, you can tell it's filmed on the, in the volume. And it's like, who cares? I don't care. I just really enjoy it, and I thought it was wonderful, and I'll give it a, a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a thumbs up as well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel kind of bad, like, pointing out things that other people said bad about it because I don't know that everybody listening to this has heard those things, but they're kind of prevalent on the Internet. So all things considered, the editing that it took to put that all together, the casting I think was phenomenal. Um, the performances were great. I thought the writing was great. The characterization and the humanization of the bad guys was, it was, it was really strong. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, everybody who wants Darth Vader to just be this like hard, hard baddie. He's a whiny boy. Like his life was awful <laughs> and he made some bad choices and he, I could go into a whole psychological breakdown of Darth Vader later, but um, I think that Darth Vader as a character is a very authentic bad guy. And I think his weaknesses are part of why he's bad. Mm-hmm. And and I think Obi-Wan is a very human Jedi. Like he's not, and I don't know. I don't know if they're considered humans. They're not from Earth. I don't know what species they're considered, uh, the humanoid people out there in the let's galaxy. Just, let's just say they're humans for the sake of just <laughs> preserving our sanity. But yeah, so, you know, I think that the show was really entertaining. I think it was really cool. I think it had, it was great. Um, no, I think it had a good message. I think for what it was, it was fun and entertaining. And uh, everything I said already, I can repeat myself, but I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and, I, and and just to bring it around to hopefully that they're doing a season two, this is the buzz that I'm hearing. 
I would like to see some adventures with Qui-Gon and, and, and Obi-Wan. That would be fun because he was my favorite character along with Darth Maul, who we got to see in at the end of Solo, a Star Wars story. Spoiler. But, um, yeah, I mean, that movie's been out now for four years. Uh, but just My favorite Star Wars movie. Is Solo. Mm-hmm. And we got to tell Ron mm-hmm. Howard that in person. We did. Anyway, yeah. go on. And he was like, oh, that's very nice. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Stop moving the microphone. You're going to hate yourself when you're editing this. Oh, I, I, I don't need to move the microphone <laughs> to hate myself. I just, I oh. just wake up in the morning. <laughs> Honey. Uh and, uh, yeah, so I, I just, uh, I had great fun watching it and I'll, I would gladly watch it again. Yeah, this is, this is our take on this show. We're just chiming in from the, from the peanut gallery over here. And yeah, we will be back with some more industry relevant. <laughs> um, no, I think this is relevant and I think it's important to talk about, I well, guess. Well, this is one of the more lively discussions, you know, and that it's very informal. And there's not a clear through line with it, but the fact that you we can comment on uh, the post production pipeline that has been backlogged for you know that's 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 a good yeah, message to get out because if you're if you are interested in getting involved, um, how do they do that, Core? How do they get involved? I always say I'm going to put in a totally shameless plug for Hit Record. Um, there's this great website called HitRecord.org. It is an online open collaborative community whereby people are encouraged to remix, download, rework, revisit, reimagine other people's work. So there's tons of footage on there. And if you want to practice as an editor or learn as an editor, you can literally click on video, find video footage, download it, edit it into whatever you want. You cannot use it for anything paid. You ideally should re-upload it back to the site and cite your resources and uh yeah it's a it's a great way to collaborate but it's also a great way to get your feet wet in a new area uh, especially if you want to learn more about editing or doing vfx work you can download something do some vfx on it you don't have to film anything you can just use the footage from there to to collaborate yeah there's nothing greater than a, an editor with very wet feet <laughs> so um, keep that in mind keep keep that in mind um and uh yeah, that's um and I guess the only other thing I can say is just, you know, be compassionate when you're when you're watching something that someone else made. You have no idea what went into making that and why they made the creative choices they made. Sometimes, yes, they made those creative choices because they're just genuinely uneducated and that was just a bad choice, which is fine. It happens. And if they're a good person, they will learn. Um like, you know, one of the last shots of Princess Leia, she's completely out of focus and the camera just stays on Obi-Wan. It's an interesting choice. I don't necessarily know that I would have done that. I, I would have appreciated some rack focus and maybe stayed on her or rack focused from her to him. It was just kind of a random cut. Again, you have no idea what the editor was running into. You don't know if that was the only good take. You don't know what the focus puller was running into. You don't know what the DP was running into or the director or anybody on set. What happened that day? Why that was the shot they used? You genuinely don't know. So when you watch things, you know, you'll see these reaction videos and it's like, why did they do that? Ah. You don't know why they did that. So all well, I can say is I have gonna, a little compassion. I was going to say I thought they wanted to focus on the ship in the background. Yeah, but they could have rack focused from her to him and it would have been a little bit That's more aesthetically point. pleasing. I did notice that. Right. I, that was, but then one detail I did like was when uh, when she gets Lola, the droid, at the very end. <laughs> yeah. And she has her holster and it's empty and it's like she's just wearing, I was like, an empty holster. That's okay. It's like an interesting fashion choice. And then earlier 
Obi-Wan says as much. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to give you a blaster. You're, you're 10 years old. You know, that's, that would be irresponsible. And then next thing you see that Lola's in the holster. I don't know how many people are going to notice that. I just that was, was like, great. I would add little detail. I was like, oh, that's, that's so cute. She's in the little droids and look holster. So, but, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were going to, sorry. You talk. No. <laughs> I was just going to say that the, um, having some compassion. Uh, and when you wonder why did why did they do that, just know you don't know why they did that, and that's the whole point. And until you've been on a set, budgeted, prep, shot list, scheduled, produced, directed, shot, watched, gone through, planned, produced, been through all the days of stuff, and then sat through post production, putting all the things together, picking all the shots, editing, cutting, coloring, sounding—that's not a word. The well, funny thing, <laughs> if you have done all of that and you still like are openly critical to the level of just vitriol and you need to go on social media and tell everybody that that's how you feel then i feel bad for you that's all i have to say i just think you you gotta like i like i said before just shift your focus towards something you do like yeah and just rant and rave about what you love i just think that's so much more constructive (laughs) and but be pleasant be positive focus on the things you like and huge shout out again well, to Ryan. Especially when it comes to movies and TV. I mean, oh come on. Um, but no, I um, huge shout out again to Ryan for the amazing dialogue mix on that. That was truly spectacular. Yep. Um, very impressive. And kudos to the production team. I feel like I have no no authority to say this at all. I feel like a little kid running up to like a quarterback and being like, wow, you were really good. But they really did a good job of utilizing all the different parts of filmmaking. And filmmakers... Pay attention to stuff like that. Like, look at the different elements that get used to make a really high-scale project. It's not just, you know, the camera or the cutting or the acting or the writing, but they use things like color grading, score, sound design, dialogue mixing. Oh, the score. Yeah, the, the score, score was, was great. epic. It was awesome. John Williams came back and wrote the theme, and then yeah. Natalie Holt was the one who composed but integrated it, as well as other John Williams pieces of, of you know, motifs and stuff like that. Oh, it was yeah, it was it. it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, filmmakers pay attention. There's a lot to learn out there. A lot to learn. And on a positive note. On a positive note. So uh, thanks for joining me on my podcast, honey. <laughs> Thank you. And can I talk up the Patreon? Oh yeah, sure. For Go as ahead. little as a dollar ninety nine a month, you can <laughs> be a part of the Space Dream Productions community and that gives you access to panels and q a's and workshops and all sorts of fun exclusive bits of content all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash space dream films that's single space single dream many 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 films (laughs) and yeah so i figure i can talk that up because then core can be like oh you know it's not that great i'm like it is it's super awesome That's the audience cheering. Yeah, we're trying to foster a little bit more of a community. We also have some sneak peeks there. You can watch the entirety of our latest film, Gone Gray. You can also watch uh, a sneak peek of our upcoming feature film, Catching the Light. You can also join us on Monday, June 27th. There is going to be a panel for writers, and we're going to have some awesome people joining us. It'll be a live virtual panel where people can submit uh, log lines to get reviewed by the panel, and the panel is going to talk about making films and 
writing and story and all that stuff. And then the panel will be recorded and posted on Patreon so that even if you're not available to come to the event, you can still watch it. We will be sharing a section of the panel here on the podcast. The podcast will always be free. But yeah, a place for you to join and support and help us keep doing stuff like this podcast. I have a logline for you. <clears throat> it involves space wizards in outer space with laser swords. You think it'll go anywhere? I think they already made that one a couple years ago. Oh, I thought it was completely original to me. Okay, that's all I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to... No, wait, I do that later. Here we go. <laughs> You've been listening to Filmmaking Actually with Coralinda, Space Dream Productions podcast. Subscribe to us on any or all the podcast platforms, but we especially recommend our sponsor, Anchor. If you like what you hear, leave us five-star ratings and positive reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps more listeners like you discover the show. But the best thing you can do if you really like the show is tell a friend. Want to leave a comment or ask a question? Email at filmmakingactually at gmail.com. This is Spacey speaking. Do you not get it, people? His name was Windu and he went out a window, huh? That joke was hilarious and you all liked it. And we'll see you next time.